Hello, and welcome to the Responsive Family Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Hawley, holistic sleep coach, lactation consultant, peaceful parenting educator, and mom. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by all the conflicting sleep info, frustrated with sleep information that just plain felt wrong, or searched desperately for a truly gentle and responsive sleep approach, then you are in the right place. In each episode, we'll be answering your most pressing baby and toddler sleep questions, busting those sleep myths, and helping you understand truly developmental, biologically normal baby and toddler sleep plus encouraging you to trust your intuition along the way. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. I'm so excited today to be talking about the idea of feeding to sleep and is nursing to sleep a bad habit, right? Is it something that we should be avoiding? Because that is the popular belief. You know, you hear so much about feeding to sleep being problematic, but what is the actual reality? What is the biology behind it? When we pause to think about it, we get a very different story. So I know you hear a lot of don't nurse to sleep, feeding to sleep is a bad habit, feeding to sleep causes more night waking, Um, you have to do eat, play, sleep if we're thinking about like little babies. And so it can be really confusing because your pediatrician, Google, social media, your friends, your family, you get a lot of messages that are anti-feeding and sleep going together. So I want to just start off by saying feeding to sleep is normal. Feeding to sleep is healthy. Feeding to sleep is a parenting superpower in many ways for a lot of families, and that is okay. So if that's true, then where did this idea that feeding to sleep is bad come from? Well, we can take a little trip down um, throughout history and see where people started talking about feeding to sleep being a problem or, or leading to worse sleep or causing sleep issues. And we see it in the late 1800s in Dr. Luther Emmett Holt's book, The Care of Feeding and Children. And this was a really popular book at the time. He is, you know, one of the early pediatricians. And his book talks about feeding and sleep being problematic. And that night feeds are the cause of night wakings. And then we see a lot of these sentiments echoed in Ferber's work nearly 100 years later, right, in the 1980s. And he talks about breaking that feeding and sleep connection. So these are both two pediatricians about a 100 years apart, and you might be thinking, hmm, why are they saying this is true when, you know, I'm here telling you feeding to sleep is normal and healthy? Well, they made it up, right? They didn't actually have any evidence. This is their beliefs, and it's their beliefs packaged as fact because they have cultural authority, right? These are two Uh, white male physicians. They have a lot of cultural authority and they wrote about what they believed about sleep. These aren't beliefs based on evidence. They aren't based on child development. They aren't based on sleep science. They aren't based on a knowledge of lactation or infant feeding. There really were just beliefs that these doctors wrote about that became very popular, woven into our understanding of feeding and sleep And, you know, they're still here today, shaping our understanding of feeding and sleep. So I think when we 
unpack that history a bit, right? That we can trace the idea that feeding and sleep should not go together. When we trace that throughout history and realize, man, this came from a time where we didn't have a lot of scientific research or understanding of child development and came from originally from someone who didn't actually have a lot of experience in these areas. He was just making stuff up. It's a little easier to let go of, right? And then we can shift gears and think about, well, okay, what is the relationship between feeding and sleep? Because they are actually really interconnected. Breastfeeding and sleep, nursing and sleep are an integrated system. So much so that Dr. James McKenna coined the term breast sleeping to talk about how interrelated feeding and sleep are, especially when a parent and baby are sleeping near each other, when they're sharing sleep. If you don't know Dr. James McKenna's work, you should. Um, he is a leading researcher on maternal infant sleep and a truly awesome human. And uh, I know his work sort of saved me when I was a new parent with um, my oldest. And we were really struggling around sleep and his work on bed sharing and shared sleep really sort of changed my sleep trajectory when it came to how we were managing sleep in our family. So we really need to think about feeding and sleep as this integrated system that babies feed a lot, they sleep a lot, and those are going to interconnect. But also when they do interconnect, when we are sleeping near each other, we synchronize, parent and baby synchronize. We synchronize our, our sleep states, our physiology, those wake, feed, sleep, you know, patterns, they all interconnect and play off each other as a, a system, not just two individuals. And so when we say things like feeding to sleep is bad or, or night feeds are problematic, we're really going against our most basic biology, especially when we're talking about babies um, and, you know, our really younger toddlers. So feeding to sleep, nursing at night. These are healthy and normal behaviors. Let's go through some facts that might help you feel a bit more confident about it. Feeding to sleep is often the most efficient way to get a baby or young toddler to sleep. And if you think about it, this makes sense, right? It's relaxing. It works. They're snuggled up right next to you. So they're getting the experience of sucking. They're getting the closeness. They're getting the touch. And this whole like multi-sensory experience right by your heart. Like, of course, that, that makes sense. That feels like you can understand how that would feel really lovely and safe and secure to a baby and really allowing them to relax and to sleep. We pair that with the fact that uh, nursing releases relaxing hormones that help promote sleep. So the act of sucking alone does that, right? We release oxytocin um, and other relaxing hormones. Nursing itself, uh, nighttime human milk, has sleep-inducing, sleep-supporting hormones in it from the parent, right? They're getting your circadian rhythm through your milk. And so the relaxation, the sucking, the hormones, the closeness, the connection... It really helps bring on sleep and it can help you fall back asleep as a parent. I actually was having a conversation with my husband about this the other day, right? When my kids are waking me regularly at night, I was tired, don't get me wrong, <laughs> but I was able to go back to sleep 
a lot more quickly. And now when something wakes me up in the night, whether it's our dog that maybe kind of sort of ate something and has an upset tummy or just something else waking me up, it's really hard to fall back asleep. And I'm sure there are other factors at play, but not having those lactation hormones anymore makes it a lot harder. It's also really important to think about, right? Babies feed a lot especially really young babies. And so trying not to feed to sleep can cause a lot of stress. And it can actually interfere with cue-based responsive feeding because babies feed irregularly and they sleep irregularly, especially in the first, you know, six months or so. And if we're trying really hard not to feed to sleep, then we might be ignoring a baby's cues to feed at a time when they are hungry. Because babies don't just feed in in magical, you know, nice, clear intervals, just like they don't sleep in magical, nice, clear intervals. And so um, when we're thinking about the pressure to not feed to sleep and to do things like eat, play, sleep, we're actually getting in the way of of feeding our baby based on on their cues. And so it can really cause a lot of, you know, a lot of struggles and a lot of stress that's really unnecessary. We talk a lot about younger babies having it be normal to fall asleep, but it's really normal for older babies and young toddlers to nurse to sleep as well. And if you have an older toddler, I'm not saying that it's not normal, right? Just that we have more younger toddlers that are still nursing to sleep and still nursing overnight. There isn't a point at which nursing stops being okay, right? It's always okay to nurse your toddler to sleep as long as it works for you and your toddler. But most older babies are feeding overnight still. And most nursing toddlers, especially if you're bed sharing, are feeding, you know, overnight still. And so we have this lovely tool and it works, right? It's relaxing. They are still needing those feeds. And it's natural to allow those to go together if it's working, right? So feeding to sleep is often the fastest and easiest way to get your younger baby, your older baby, and your toddler to sleep. And so if we stop that, a lot of times we have to come up with other tools. I think it's also really important to point out that feeding to sleep does not mean that other people can't support your baby or toddler to sleep. Babies are pretty adaptable. And as long as we make something a part of their regular routine, they'll be able to adjust for the most part. And so you can feed to sleep and your partner, you know, your co-parent, they can do something else to support sleep and their childcare provider or their grandparent can do something else to support sleep. So it's not an all or nothing thing. It doesn't have to limit the different ways that people can support your little one to sleep. I think it, it should go without saying, but it probably doesn't go without saying that just because you nurse your baby to sleep doesn't mean they'll be nursing to sleep forever, right? Like, I promise they will not be nursing to sleep when they go to college. But in all seriousness, there's always a time to change things. So you can nurse to sleep as long as it's working for both you and your baby. And if it stops working for one of you, then you can change it. We're not locked in, you know, forever just because you're nursing to sleep at X age. Even if you don't intentionally change nursing to sleep, right? Even if you just like let it play out organically, eventually your baby will stop nursing to sleep on their own. That's going to happen. So it's not something you have to change, but it's something that you can change. And it's definitely something that will change based on your little one's needs over time. 
I also want to wrap up these many reasons why feeding to sleep is normal and wonderful with acknowledging that those sleepy feeds can be such wonderful times. You know, having your little one snuggled up against you, feeding them in the dark, just the two of you, that can be really hard and it can be really exhausting, but it also can be really beautiful and moments that you treasure. And you don't have to feel that way about it, of course, but I do think that we sometimes overlook the emotional connection and the love and the the special moments that come with these feeds to sleep and these nighttime feeds between parent and baby. I mean, I love nursing my kids to sleep. It worked. It was fast. It was lovely. It was snuggly. It was something that only I could do, which felt really nice. Um, there were things that we had for only my husband to do. Um, he definitely had his parenting things that he took the lead on. But being able to have those sleepy nursing snuggles with them was really, really lovely. And, you know, they're, they're big kids now. I, I kind of miss those days, even as I also don't miss those days. <laughs> but they can be really, really lovely moments. So... What is our takeaway here, right? Our takeaway is that feeding to sleep is healthy. It's normal. It's how nature was really designed to have sleep and feeding interconnected. Of course, like anything, it's not going to work for all babies. There's going to be times where you don't enjoy doing it. There's going to be times where you might want to make a change. There's going to be times when your baby moves on, right? And it's no longer settling them to sleep and you might have to catch up and and come up with some new tools. It's okay to have conflicted feelings, to to want those feeds to go away and yet treasure those feeds. Feeding to sleep works for a lot of families and um, it really can be a very lovely parenting superpower. So Next time that someone is telling you, oh, you shouldn't feed to sleep. It's a bad habit. You're causing all these bad things about sleep. You can just be like, nah, it's what babies are, are designed to do. It's normal. It's healthy. And you can feel really confident making those decisions based on what works for your family and stepping into, you know, continuing to feed to sleep or maybe stepping into uh, gently working away from it over time. Those are both valid and good options. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this episode left you feeling more informed, confident, and encouraged on your sleep journey. And just a reminder before you go that nothing in this episode is individualized to your specific sleep situation, nor is it to be taken as medical advice. Take what resonates, ignore what doesn't, and check with your healthcare provider about any medical concerns. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss an episode and take a moment to rate, review, or share an episode you love on social media. All of that helps parents just like you find me, this podcast, and this gentle and responsive sleep information. I'll see you next time.